0: Hi and welcome back to the Spill Sesh with Sage episode 69 is your host sage with you this Monday morning. I hope you're doing good. In today's episode I have my fellow NTU Wikimui we we schoolmate Ron also known or better known as mental health CEO. He is a content creator himself and has been posting a lot of mental health content on his instagram page which really inspired me to talk to him about how he's been like creating content over the years and also just have an open and raw conversation about mental health which is what i really enjoyed about this episode because we literally were just two people talking about the scene of mental health in singapore our experiences and any sort of advice that we could give so again just a disclaimer we are not professionals but um I really do hope that this opens a conversation of some sort and I hope that you enjoy this episode. If you have any questions, we try our best to answer them. You can always DM me at the Spill Sesh with Sage or Ron at Mental Health CEO. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi Ron, welcome to the Spill Sesh with Sage. I'm really happy that you could make the time on to come on to this podcast.
1: Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be on.
0: And we can we it's so great because like right. everyone's always at the benches. And exactly. exactly. You will just kind of like meet everyone. So, at some point, either we had the same class or we had the same group of friends or something. And you know what, it also like FOP. Right, right,
1: sure. I think it was FOP
0: where like I, I knew you as a person and then I followed all your socials and then I saw that you had oh. mental health CEO and I was like, wow, this is crazy. And you know, like the content that you put up and I really like actively follow and I like actually consume the content, which is great. So, yeah, Ron and I are like, we can we. Mates, we can meet schoolmates and we're graduating mm-hmm. soon, mm-hmm. which is great. But the reason hey, I want you, you. you on was to talk about your page, Mental Health CEO. So why don't you start by introducing yourself and the page as well?
1: Sure. Yeah. Hey guys, my name is Ron. I am a mental health creator, uh, content creator, speaker, writer, and advocate. And I run this uh, mental health page called Mental Health CEO on Instagram. You can check it out if you want. And yeah, uh, what I do on the page is I create content related to symptoms of mental illnesses, desigmatization of mental illnesses, and yeah, basically some uh, small tips here and there to help you out if you're in that position. Yep.
0: When did you start the page?
1: Yeah, so that's actually quite a long story. I started it uh, in like two years years ago, uh, around there more or less. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and actually started off not as a mental health page. It started off as a self-development page. I think it was called a, Student self-help back then. I thought it was a catchy name.
0: Right. Yeah. I think I, you know what? I think I was pretty much, I think I was following at that time because it sounds really? very wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow,
1: you're a long time. Right? I'm You've a been long there time since, Yeah. Exactly. i have been there since I was at a, <laughs> I was at, oh yeah, oh my God. So like That's a long time ago. So, mm-hmm. so it started off as a student self-help. Then actually I went into Instagram growth. Yeah, then at th- that point in time I was calling myself the student CEO. Yeah. So uh, so that, that point in time I was super marketing and business. And then I realized that there's actually quite a lot of those and not a lot of uh, mental health pages. So after a while, I started to make content on mental health. Uh, I started to basically read up more about uh, different mental illnesses. And yeah, that's what got me into making stuff related to mental health. Yeah, So if you ask me like, why I created the page, there's, there's actually a pretty personal reason behind it, which is that uh, like for me, I'm quite open about the fact that I have OCD, OCD anxiety. Yeah, so I put it on my bio and Kind of the funny thing is I actually kind of suspected that I had OCD uh, when I chanced upon a post on Instagram about the symptoms of OCD. And that's when I thought to myself, oh, this sounds strangely like me, right? So that's, actually, that's when I actually got me into the therapist. That's what got me my diagnosis. And yeah, that's what started to um, my journey to kind of a recovery from that. So yeah, I just wanted to kind of replicate that effect that uh, social media has had uh, on me with other people.
0: Isn't that crazy that like now social media is helping us realize that we might have certain things shaped the way that we are and it can be treated and, you know, it can be helped. And isn't that, it just blows my mind that you found out through a social media. Yeah. It's so exactly
1: Exactly, yeah. And it's like so many people like, kind of like realize that they have depression or anxiety because either they saw a post online or they read up online about it or someone told them about it, someone sent them a post about something. And yeah, it's been happening to to me multiple times uh, when somebody, let's say, they, they they saw my post about depression and they sent it over to their friends. So yeah, it's really incredible. And honestly, sometimes uh, it makes me think uh, maybe these things should be taught in school and not have to be relied on like, you know, a random Instagram post.
0: A hundred percent, I agree. I don't know when we'll get to that point, but yeah. I think it's getting a little better in, in the sense of like, you know, with the pandemic, I guess suddenly mental health is like talked about yeah. so uh, much. It's like crazy.
1: In schools, there's a lot of like active, like a positive mental health, like mindfulness activities as well. So those always
0: help. Yep. Exactly. But even, uh, yeah, I was saying that, you know, like with social media, right? Um, Do you feel like, it's a little bit like as as much as it is great that, you know, you could find out like resourceful information and like symptoms of OCD. Do you think that social media is also like a little bit of a dangerous place to get information? Like it could be unreliable or suddenly everyone is saying like diagnosing themselves, things like that.
1: Yeah, of course. So actually kind of the side effects of social media proliferating uh, all this information about mental health is this whole concept of, uh, Romanticism about mental illnesses. Yes. Yeah. So as you said, uh, there's people like misdiagnosing themselves, thinking it's cool to have depression or anxiety. Whereas kind of the difference between uh, that and someone who actually has those conditions is that after all, it is an illness, right? And who wants to have an illness? It's something that is not very desirable. Yeah. So on one hand, while it's important to, you know, get your uh, get, while social media has helped a lot of people with uh, information uh, gathering with uh, getting more knowledge about their condition yeah side effect is that uh, some people and some accounts do post uh, what we like to call pseudoscience yeah yeah, yeah. so definitely there's some like uh, pages out there putting out like uh, kind of info that's uh, pseudoscience or info that's like not uh, kind of like based on their own experience and not actually supported by science and psychology. Uh, psychology so what i tend to do is a problem that i face at the start is to kind of look at who uh, who is making the info, right? So if it's like accredited, like therapists or counselors or people with the relevant education or experience, then that would be better uh, uh, than people who are just like, saying that they have depression or anxiety out of the blue.
0: Yep. So, so what about for yourself then? Like, because um, do you feel like that also applies to you, you know, because I, I see like in your bio, you have quite a lot of like credibility. So was that like an important thing for you when starting out this page to be a credible source as well?
1: Yes, yes, 100%. And like, so, and that's actually kind of the reason why I got uh that, that CBT certification, which we'll talk about like later. Lah. But mm-hmm. so, yeah, so basically, like uh, what was I gonna say? So, yeah, it's this, this whole idea of like having your ideas be supported uh by actual research is very important. And honestly, for me, like uh, I have had incidents in the past where I didn't do that, and that was when I just started out, right? And kind of when that happened. It's like uh, when you're corrected by, let's say, people who have more experience than you, or people who are actual therapists, or even people with you know, legit experiences. You, uh, for example, what happened to me last time was that uh, in a post about panic disorder, panic attacks, I was telling people that, uh, you know, one of the affirmations that you can use is, uh, you know, this will pass or this will not hurt you, right? So I did that with like good intentions, but it turns out that the people who do, someone who did have uh, panic disorder, told me that, you know, you shouldn't say this because, you know, what if you're driving? What if you're like in a high place, right? Mm. So when that happens, you kind of have to take a step back and then kind of uh, think about what, think about the content that you're putting out and whether it's like reliable or not in that sense. And yeah, but with that being said, I still believe that whoever you are, you deserve uh, the opportunity to make content. And the reason why I say that is because uh, I have been gatekept Multiple times because I did not have a degree, yeah, and so they're saying like, uh, "Oh, Ron, like, uh, isn't this person like a quack, or isn't he like, uh, I don't know, like something because he doesn't have a degree?" So, Mm. right, so and you know, like, if I was like, let's say, telling people that I could, uh, you know, cure their depression or whatever, then that that's definitely something that I agree with. But you know, it's making content. Right, it's kind of like what I deserve as a you know human being and as someone who has had experience before. So yeah, so on one hand, uh, uh, definitely you have have to get your sources from uh, you have to get info from credible sources. But on the other hand, like uh, you can always share your experience, right? You can always share what you did to kind of get out of the situation that you're in.
0: Yeah, I fully agree, and I think sometimes it's also not just the creator's responsibility. Yes, it is, but like it's also the users responsibility to like understand what they're consuming so like for example you clearly state that like okay you are someone that has gone through these illnesses and this is just basically your experience and this is these are tips and tricks that you are providing out there whereas there are like if people are looking for professional help um there are like pages run by therapists which clearly state they are run by therapists but i think it really depends also like on the users um discretion of yeah. you know kind of um seeing through the vast amount of contents that we get every single day so i, I guess yeah. it's a kind of like a 50 50 like it depends on the user but also, i get it, it also yeah yeah, yeah. and
1: yeah something important to note also is that even if the intro is from a credible like therapist right that also does not make it you know medical help is that does yes. not constitute right so that you always say see this, this, these disclaimers like instagram is not therapy and so, you yeah. see, yeah, the goal of Instagram content is not for you to, you know, self-diagnose and treat yourself. It's for you to, if you feel you, that you can relate to whatever that's in a post to, you know, go and seek help, right? You can never, like, recover from, like, reading a, a post or whatever. And, and as a content creator, I'm very aware of that. So,
0: yeah, I love all- what you said. Yeah, Instagram is not therapy mm. because i'm a huge advocate for therapy as well like i always talk about it like in my episodes i always like loosely kind of just say like oh you know i had therapy or whatever Mm -hmm. and like i for one thing i will say is that therapy is really like dating and you have to like find (laughs) yes oh
1: my god yes
0: and it's a journey and it's annoying but it's worth it in the end like i took years to find the right therapist mm -hmm. for myself and like i i'm always a huge believer in like therapy and If not if and I get it that not everyone has a financial means to go to therapy and I totally understand that. So like, you know, I've just consider myself very lucky that I am able to afford therapy. And for those who aren't, like who can't, there are always like resources in university. That's Mm. free counseling. Mm. Um, I'm sure like workplaces, I, I don't know. I I'm not too sure about workplaces, actually, whether they have like some sort of like partnerships or agreement, but I feel like when there's a will, there's a way, like. You can always email imh and be like hey and that too imh that's another whole thing like mm. um the stigma that comes along with that the only <laughs> exactly. mental institution in singapore has so much of a stigma that it's exactly. associated with being like a mental hospital yeah which it's just like uh, there's just so much wrong with that like what are your thoughts on that
1: exactly and like you know whenever we whatever what i tell people is whenever we think of woodbridge or imh right the reason, you know, people usually think of it as a insane asylum, you know, it's for people who are quote-unquote crazy but actually, when in reality you want to, you know, be there before even like, uh, you know, takes root to, to kind of that, that that level of seriousness, right? So it is a medical institution, right? It's called Institute of Mental Health and it is something that I wish that uh, people could understand more. Yeah,
0: know? because they do actually have really a lot of great resources and I don't, I mean, it just makes me sad that the literal only institution that we have that like... Yeah, exactly, health, yeah. Or like the only credible, not, not credible, how do I say Like the only government supported? Public,
1: public, yeah. The public institution, yeah. yeah.
0: So like because I mean, there are a lot of different like groups or Instagram pages, which are great, but like at the end of the day, we need an, an actual like yeah physical space yeah. that we can go to, you know? So yeah, that really like, uh, I mean, the situation in Singapore, again, I think that, the fact that it's being reported a lot in media outlets, like mm, in media yeah. outlets. I will say, though, that a lot of this only came from COVID, which is a good thing. Exactly. It's not that it's, yeah. it's bad, but I feel like it's also kind of taken a bit too far. Like suddenly everyone's like, oh, uh, make sure your mental well-being is great because COVID. I mean, like, you know what mm. I mean? I don't know whether that sounds a bit like, um, right. like well, you shouldn't you be grateful that we are anyway already talking about mental yeah health. it's and kind of time, like, performative like, suddenly... yeah
1: it's kind of performative in a sense right
0: yes that's the word thank you that's what I was yeah. talking for performative like it feels and, very forced down our throat
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly and you know what I see is that you know it, it's always good talk about mindfulness you know like uh, positive self-care and all that but you know I've seen a lot of posts and they talk and they have this very very uh, important quote and it said if you want to talk about mental health it's not just self-care it's not just you know, mindfulness is not just breathing or like yoga, which is all perfectly good. But in the end, we also we also have to talk about you know things like serious depression, maybe yeah. even suicide, maybe uh, the more unconventional illnesses like schizophrenia, psychosis, yeah. and all that. And yeah. yeah, recently I I was in I was actually in a Chinese Asia article talking about the more kind of stigmatized illnesses. So I was kind of the rep for OCD in a sense. Wow. So, yeah. So uh, yeah, that's a whole other story. So yeah, but yeah, so definitely uh, there's a lot of work being done, but uh, I think there's certain areas which need to be focused more on. Yeah, put it that way.
0: I, I agree fully. I think, again, like I'm appreciative of the progress, but it's just not enough. Like we can do better. 100%, know?
1: 100%. Yeah, <clears throat> and actually part of that is because of this whole taboo of, of, of speaking up and being open about yourself. And I'm, you know, I I hesitate to compare between countries. Definitely Singapore, the taboo is actually very strong. Yeah. And it's like, and people do view you a certain way if you say that you're depressed or you're anxious or you have OCD. And people have their own stereotypes about what uh, those illnesses are. And they kind of fit you in the, or they rather they kind of barrel you into a stereotype that they have in their minds whereas you know it's only one part of you uh, and it's uh, something that I wish people want to say more
0: and especially with OCD like when you say about stereotypes like you know if you watch Friends um have you do you watch Friends? Uh, no, oh
1: no like, okay
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 I so basically yeah. yeah so one of the characters Monica very very well-known well-loved character she's very um one of her personality traits uh, is that she's very man, She likes everything mm. clean. And then I, you know, then the term OCD is just so loosely associated with a character like, oh, I'm Monica. I have OCD. Like, you know, or like another example I'll give you. Like again, they're all like pop culture references. But like for example, Khloe Kardashian. Now, and she started. I don't know whether she's actually diagnosed with OCD. If she is, then like I mean, m- more power to her. It's great that she's talking about it. But I don't know if she is, but I know that um there was a couple of years ago she had posted this video or something like organizing my or she called it like close C (laughs) D. Like yeah, and like organizing my closet and they were all like organized according to color. And I'm just like, you know, I again if she is actually diagnosed with it and raising awareness in a lighthearted way, okay, cool. But if she's not, like calling it close C D and like kind of branding OCD with like being organized, it's really not. So like maybe could you shed some light on like what actually OCD is and why we should stop loosely associating this term with like personality traits of being organized?
1: 100%, 100%. And what you just said was actually very pertinent because, you know, as you said, people categorize this illness as a personality trait or an adjective, right? And that's kind of, it makes people who actually have the illness feel quite... Uh, not pleasant in a sense. So to answer your question, what OCD is, there's two parts to it, is the obsession part. So basically you have something in your mind that a, a lot of times it's a catastrophizing scenario or it's a default to the worst case scenario. So the worst possible thing you could happen, right? And you're obsessing about these thoughts, you have all these fixations and the compulsion part. So and the compulsion part is something that you do, also known as a ritual, uh, that if you don't do this ritual, then the catastrophe will happen. Right. So for a lot of people, kind of the, the, the image that they have, which is very true, is this whole stereotype of someone who is a, a germaphobe. So someone who washes their hands or, or cleans, their, cleans their clothes or washes their clothes a lot. Uh, but there are still so many different types of OCD. Right? And in the end, it is a disorder. And what the disorder means is that it has a really big effect on your life. So whether it's wasting a lot of your time, hours of 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 your day every single day, or ruining your relationships, or giving you other forms of mental illnesses, so uh, obsession, compulsion, and disorder, right? So when you have all these three things, it's considered OCD. Uh, so what I was gonna say is that there's actually many different kinds of OCD, and some of which are not really talked about. So uh, I know some of the few that come to mind are relationship OCD. Right. So if your partner doesn't fit a certain way, uh, you have to, you feel like you have to do a certain thing about it. Uh, religious OCD, uh, bisexuality OCD. And so these are all things that are really sub-niches of OCD, yet which are very, very present and very, very dangerous. Yet. A, lot, a lot of people just think that it's just the, the cleaning and the germophobes know that. And another thing that's also pertinent, right, is this idea of, or rather the difference between OCD and POCD which is, uh, oh, sorry, OCPD, which is Obsessive Compulsive Personality Disorder.
0: Right? So oh, the difference okay. between
1: yeah, OCD and OCPD is that OCD is an anxiety disorder. And the main characteristic is that you know that what you're doing is irrational or unhelpful or illogical, yet you still feel compelled to do it. But rather for people with OCPD, it's a personality disorder. And it's, uh, what, what in their minds, what they're doing is perfectly logical or reasonable. Right. So, a story that I know of is a, a woman, a mother who washed her son's NS clothing so much that uh, it became white. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah. And, and, and the difference is that she, she, in the head, was like, oh, this is perfectly logical, right? I'm helping my son clean his clothes. Whereas, like, uh, you know, now people think that OCD is OCPD. And that's uh, something that's uh, a stereotype that should be gotten rid of, life, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I think the first step is to first eliminate it in our daily conversations. I think for me, yes. it started, I think I would want to say maybe when I was like 17 or 18, which is later than I'd like to admit, mm. but uh, it's true. And like around that time, I remember just being a little bit more aware of what OCD was and what mental health was. And um, I, I remember being a lot more like defensive, almost and active. Like when someone was like, oh, yeah, like I'll oh, have my mm. OCDs, I'm like, do you actually have OCD? Like, don't just say that, you know. So, like, and especially at the time, like, I think we grew up in a time of like Tumblr glorified mm, depression, right? Which is, um, oh wow, that was a like, I, that was I'm a really, whole historical yeah, era. Man. That was really a time of its own, which I really hope to God, like, this generation will never experience that. But you know mm. what they do TikTok, like TikTok <laughs> and yeah, oh, wow. really, yeah. like you see that people posting on TikTok is really very like again, on one side, you have those that are so self-expressive, which is great. And like, I appreciate so many people talking about so many things, but then there's a glorification of it all over again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like, I think, I don't know. I, I think the first step is to really just like, once you understand the issue, you can, the smallest, you know, people are like, okay, what can I do? Just tell people, don't say yes. that in natural. actual yeah, conversation. Change
1: your word choice. It's not very hard.
0: It's not very hard. Just say that, yeah. oh, man, like, I just feel like I need to clean or, oh, I just need to feel like I need to organize. Oh, I'm an organized person. It doesn't mean you have mm. OCD, like, actual disorder that, you know, you don't want, like, I don't think people with OCD, again, I can't speak for myself, um, but would not wish upon anyone else, you know?
1: Yeah. And I just, on that note, it's not just, really just OCD as well, but let's say, like, uh, say like uh, yeah, like, uh, I want to kill myself. That's a really big one. And makes suicidal people feel icky like, in a sense. Uh, but uh, with that being said, I would also give a, a kind of a, a disclaimer to that, which is though, know, before you start calling someone out, like, kind of do some research and see <laughs> if the person actually has OCD. Has
0: OCD. See, that's yeah. just a very great area. That problem, it's, again, the good thing about today is that, like, everyone's so woke quote-unquote yes. which is great but at the same time it's such a great area you know like okay like you're doing your part you're like don't say you have OCD if you don't have OCD but what if the person actually does have OCD and they're not diagnosed and mm. how would you like what do you do when you handle when you're encountered with like great situations like this what's the best way to approach mm. it in your opinion
1: so yeah uh in my opinion okay so was referencing to because uh, I said that I had OCD once and somebody came on the mean and, and you know called me out not knowing that I actually had OCD so it's kind of, I appreciated the, the the thought, but the way that 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 it could have been done was should have been better. And okay. uh, this this way actually is, you know, it's really this whole idea of empathy and forgiveness. Yeah. And I know that a lot of people, most people are in fact in society, they don't really have ill intentions, right? It's just that they don't know that they that their words can have these impacts on the people. So oh, yeah. Like for me, like, and that's, to me, that's better than uh, just calling them out and like shouting at them. Uh, rather, you know, that doesn't work. It's, it's yeah. simple like uh, communication skills. What does work is letting the people know that their words, uh, let's say, you know, makes you feel uh, a certain way. And that's, uh, uh, it doesn't make you feel the best. And uh, in my experience, nine, eight times out of ten, people do uh, feel bad and, and, and they take action to change it. Right? So as with a lot of things, you know, just in my opinion, shouting at people, yelling them, maybe even to use the word, cancelling them, sometimes has the opposite effect of solidifying resistance, whereas a healthy healthy alternative is to, you know, establish good communication practices.
0: Yeah, and I think that also comes with a lot of patience and forgiveness, which, you know, I get that when you're in that situation, like when you have a mental health issue and someone says the wrong thing, it's very hard to be able to step back maturely and be like, okay, hey, he or she may not have meant that. Now, obviously, there are the people that do have ill intentions and they do mm-hmm. that. And that way, then oh, you I call have. them out as much as you want. But there are the people that like could be your friend who just said something wrong. And this has happened a lot to me. Mm-hmm. And I, my immediate response, unfortunately, would be to get hang- angry and mm-hmm. be like, how can they say this? You know, like, don't they know better? Like, and the thing is, they don't. They don't mm. know better because they've never gone through it. And that's exactly. a good thing. You don't ever want to wish... Like, I get I get that the only way someone else will understand is if they went through it themselves. But you don't want to ever wish that on someone else.
1: Of course. Of course.
0: Yeah. So, th- you just have to understand that, like, those people with the good intentions, which is 80% of the people, if they say something wrong, it's probably not intentional.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, of course, uh, like, most people, like, even if they don't have the... No, exactly even if they don't know exactly what it is to to you know have that have that condition they do have an idea of what you know the associated pains are so let's yeah. say anxiety or depression you know a lot of people they they think uh, take the times with which I felt those and then multiply by hundred so yeah in some sense it's still accessible to them uh, just that they have uh, they they kind of have to get uh, do a bit more work to to. Uh,
0: have that empathy in a sense. Yeah, and I think on that note, people such as like friends, family, whoever's listening to this podcast, they may not be suffering with the mental health issues, but they may be the ones trying to help. Exactly. And what if, like, maybe what is some advice that you have for those trying to help their friends and or family members or whoever that are going through mental health issues on the caregiver side?
1: Mm. So uh, that's a very good question. So first thing I would tell the caregiver, right, is that not... All problems are meant to be solved or fixed by you. yeah. And trying to go around, you know, like gallivanting around thinking that you're some sort of savior is the the first step to, to failure in a sense. And really the first step, honestly, when you're talking to somebody, especially if they open up to you about their condition, is to listen. And not just, like, listen on a surface level, but actively listen. Right? And just, like, not think about what you're trying to say. Just listen to them. And honestly, like, uh, people who do have mental, mental illnesses, most of them, they're not expecting you to solve their problems. And a lot of times, they're just expecting to have a listening ear. Right? And not uh, you trying to solve their problems or, you know, say things like, oh, uh, have you tried meditation? Have you tried uh, exercising? Have you tried yoga? Uh, you know, these are all, like, important things. And these are all, like, solutions that people have utilized them to get better. But at that point in time, uh, really the first thing that people need is that listening ear. And once, and on this whole uh, idea of solutions, it's really, uh, it's okay to give them, but I would personally prefer like, if people like, ask permission first, right? and then if I say yes, it definitely can go on. Whereas like, uh, what I believe is unwarranted solutions or uh, advice is actually criticism in disguise yeah
0: yes I think that's very very important like and I think even as like me I when I want to help my friends because I'm kind of like on both spectrums like I do have my own set of mental health issues but I also want to help others who do so Mm. in one sense I'm like I know exactly what I want to hear but at the same time I also know what I don't want to hear then I also know Mm. it's just too much information you know and I think one thing also it's like you have to understand that Like I think I love what you said about the savior complex because everyone wants to feel good. Everyone wants to feel like a hero and that's not wrong. Like, I think the one thing I want to say is don't be so hard on yourself. Of course. I think the fact that you want to help someone is really amazing. And the fact that you're trying and you're willing to listen, that's amazing in its own. But one thing like I really, really struggle with and like I know a lot of my friends struggle with is caregiving in relationships. Mm. Like, have you ever... Uh, been in a situation like that or have you ever like uh or do you just know any like or anyone else in that situation where they've had to either care for their boyfriend girlfriend partner uh, whoever um with mental health issues and how that's impacted like the dynamic of a relationship
1: well i personally have not had any experience with that but oh well
0: um mm-hmm. uh,
1: but so what i do what i have done is that i have made quite a few posts about relationship anxiety and relationship depression. Right. So, specifically on those aspects, right, Uh, uh, on those like conditions, uh, starting off with anxiety. And the first thing that you want to do, uh, apart from listening, right, and not giving solutions, is to model calmness. Yeah. So, this specifically for anxiety, right. And even for both anxiety and depression, right. Like, uh, I think that people who do have uh, those conditions would really appreciate if you could help them sort out what is kind of a, rational, rational and logical versus what is something that is like a a conjuration of their own mind and do it in a way that's not like, you know, aggressive or in a sense. And so that's one thing to consider. So on one hand you have the active listening and on the other, on the other hand, there are certain things that you can do to kind of um, maybe like a snap, if you use that word snap the person out of their own, like uh, kind of what their mind is telling them, so it's a, it's a delicate balance. And I think a lot of people, uh, because it's such a sensitive topic that relationships who have, uh, you know, who have been affected, maybe even broken up because of mental illness on, both, on one side or both. But on the other hand, I still know a lot of uh, people in relationships. I know, I know a lot of couples who can manage it well and have managed it well. And really the main thing here is communication. Communication and setting boundaries. Uh, and Condemnance in a sense. And actually, uh, if, if, if you're on the side of the person who does have the condition, kind of like uh, not keeping it a secret or really talking, to, uh, being honest about how it makes you feel, what you're feeling right now, and you know, what you expect the other person to do and not do. And when you have those uh, systems in place, uh, it's, it's, it's a tough one for a mental illness to break up. Huh?
0: Yeah. And I think the main concern that they have, or at least again, this could be just a sweeping statement, is feeling like a burden. yes I, yeah. Whether it's a relationship, like especially I think in a relationship, you know, you feel like you're a burden to your partner and it's just so much. Like I've heard so many stories and mm. myself, you know, have gone through that. And like, how would you, you know, potentially advise people to remove that mindset of feeling like mm. a burden, whether it's Ugh. a relationship or family or friend, whatever it is.
1: Yeah. And it's actually really important because this whole idea of perceived burdensomeness right, is uh, actually what, what I thought of is it's actually one of the factors which leads to an increased suicide risk. Yeah. So when like, which is why it's so important uh, to kind of eliminate this, this feeling of being a burden. And, when, and to me, what I have suggested to people is to, uh, the practical thing to do uh, is to keep a log of the times in which you have provided value and you have been a value to other people, right? So, so for me, like, like I have a, a book of, let's say, praises or achievements that I've, I've done for other people, right? And whenever I'm feeling burdened or whenever I'm feeling uh, sad or useless, I go back to, to that book. And I had take a good hard look and I realize that what I have been doing has been valuable, right? And I do have inherent value to the people around me. Right. And our brain likes to play tricks on us and tells us, oh, you're, you're, you're worthless or you're useless. And, you know, that's a form of blackened thinking, uh, all or nothing thinking, they, they call it, that is uh, kind of affecting how you feel. So by looking kind of objectively at what you've done and what you've achieved in the past, it's really, uh, even if it's one person, even if it's a small thing, right, or a series of small things, you do have value in this world. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the, kind of the practical aspect to it. Uh, on the other hand like uh, you also have to do stuff like uh, acceptance work uh, like uh, figuring out your cognitive distortions and stuff like that and that's a place where therapy can come in yep
0: exactly I love I love the idea you have of like writing in a book and people might find that like cheesy or yeah, like, it's hard but you like, know I think it's so easy to do like just take out your phone Have you have a notes app everyone has a smartphone nowadays so just take out your notes app and write like literally in bullet points like I helped someone with their homework today. Mm. You're of mm. value. You know, I, I helped someone cross the road. I don't know. It Literally, it can be anything. I helped my dog. Like, I fed her food. You know, it can be so simple. And I think finding the simplicity of that is the beauty of feeling like mm. you're not, like yeah. you're of value. And, yeah. you know, it's funny because we're talking about this because my my FRP project is actually about caregivers oh. for mental health. Mm-hmm. Because awesome. I think that a lot of... um. Light has been shed on the people that do suffer with mental health, which is amazing, but not a lot of light. In fact, almost none has been shed on the caregivers. Exactly. Which is why now suddenly I'm like talking so much about caregivers because I've been like researching so much about them. So yeah. just on that note to wrap up about caregivers, I was watching this seminar as um, for research. And one thing that they said is receiving is also a form of giving, something like that. So what they mean is like receiving help from other people, doesn't make you a burden because actually you're giving them you're giving them something back by taking their help you know you are also Mm. helping them so i think understanding that and like realizing that you actually accepting their help and like understanding that they actually do love you and i'm sure there must be one person who'll be willing to listen and if there isn't try and find a therapist try and find these support yeah. groups there will always be someone that wants to listen to you and whether that is unfortunately not in your immediate circle um if i i know there are so many people who really don't have anyone in their mm. personal life which exactly. really sucks find a support group you know find like, that i'm sure there are and hopefully mm. we can like find some resources i'm sure we can like link it down below or something yeah. but yeah um things like that but I, I loved that quote of uh giving us no receiving is also a form of giving something like that so
1: yeah and I guess on the note yeah it's really like going back to my page it's really one of the the joys that I've had and it's kind of the reason why I'm still running it despite like the challenges which is that uh like you know when people comment on my post that you know this I really resonated with it or this post really helped me out it is something that uh makes me feel good it makes me feel pleasant Right. In, mm-hmm. And even when I, I, I go a bit deeper, sometimes I help people out, especially if they, uh, you know, they deal with me and they tell me that there are these certain issues I'm, I've been facing. Um, I, I I I sometimes still do, like, talk to them. And basically, you know, they, they always say, I'm so sorry for taking your time. I'm so sorry for, you know, for, for being such a burden. But when I tell them that, no, actually, you've done a great service to me for being open, for being sharing, for sharing such uh, vulnerabilities, vulnerabilities about yourself, that, Yeah, it's really an honor to be there to to hear to hear your struggles and help you out.
0: Actually, even on that, um, like people DMing you, I was wondering like two things. One is that do you feel a lot of pressure to reply and like reply the right thing, and suddenly you feel like then their next decision is in your hands, you know? And also like on that note, also, um, how do you set boundaries for yourself?
1: Of course, when you're doing that. Yeah, this is a, actually a really good question because there was a point in time where I put it in my bio, right? Talk to me if you're having troubles. And mm. yeah, and it turns out there's a lot of people in this world who have troubles. So uh yeah, at one point in time, I was talking to 10 or more people on a daily basis through the DMs and I was just trying to help them out. Uh And uh, no surprise when it really, you know, it affected my mental health. Yeah. Mm. So uh so yes, there is really a lot of pressure, especially when you know people say stuff like, Oh uh, you know, I don't know when I'm gonna die or you know like these these kinds of things which are really really uh and okay. you know for those, yeah, 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 so for those i I do attend to them, I do attend to them, um whereas uh for let's say people who uh i for so for me, I basically have a limit of how many people I'm talking to every single day, so uh, so once if once that limit or, or boundary is is reached, what I tell people is uh, kind of a it's quite a, a polite message line right, in the sense that, uh, hey, I'm, I'm really having thank you for reaching out, uh, but I do have a lot of uh, on my plate right now and I can't give you the attention or energy or help that you deserve. Yeah, and honestly, people, I have not had a single instance where people uh, you know got angry at me for that. So it's really key. Uh, something that's really key to understand is that you cannot save everybody. Yeah. yeah. You cannot. Uh, uh, so, yeah, so you cannot for a second there, So yeah. Uh, yeah, you cannot save everybody. Uh, but the people that you can help or the people that you can save deserve your full attention.
0: hmm But also taking care of yourself at the same time. Oh, I wanted to ask also, you know, your page, right? When did it blow yeah. up? And how did it blow up? Like, was it an overnight thing? I know it's a bit like digression, but yeah, I was just wondering.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, so, <laughs> it was a, really a roller coaster, A roller coaster of uh, emotions. So there was at my lowest. low, I it was really a, a huge struggle because I was like making like content that let's say for me two hours or three hours a day, but yeah, nobody. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. Oh my god! But yeah, so. At first, I was like, without a template, I was going through like three or four hours every single day making content, and I was still going nowhere. Yeah. So, uh, uh, but kind of a what, because uh, actually I, I do, I did Instagram growth uh, like before, right? And really the main concept is consistency. Yeah. And as cliche in the world of social media, it is to say, uh, uh, really my results started coming in once I started posting every day. Yeah. And not, uh, not just like, uh, you know, uh, so yeah, at first I created like, let's say just tweets, right? So tweets, uh, and those are, I would definitely recommend them for anybody that wants to start out, especially in the mental health space. Uh, but yeah, for me, basically I, I progressed to more carousels, into designs and stuff like illustrations and stuff like that. And when that happened, people really started, uh, you know, taking notice of me and like the Instagram algorithm did me favors for once when, mm. I, yeah, when I was like, it's like, don't for many, many, many years, it finally started treating me well. It's like a, not, a not very good relationship, but yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but really the important thing to consider is why you are uh, making your content, right? Mm-hmm. And what I believe now uh, is that content creators who are in it will keep doing it, uh, even when they don't see the numbers increasing.
0: Yeah, Dude, I, I totally relate to that. Like, right. prime example is this podcast. Like, oh my god, yeah, how of much course. time it takes me! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it.
1: editing and like yeah. you know, recording and getting people on
0: must mm-hmm. like hours of, of your time. life. Yeah, it does. But then I don't want to sound like complaining. You know, to people who listen, they're like, "Oh, cause she keeps complaining. That it takes a lot of time." But, it's not my like. I get what you're saying. I comp- what I'm trying to say is like, it it is very demoralizing. Yeah, people don't
1: understand how much work we put into it. You know? It really see, is a yeah. lot of
0: work. Yeah, but I guess exactly that like one thing that keeps me going one is consistency because once I've set this for myself I'm going to do it every week I have to do it every week and Mm. then two I guess is like remembering why I started it it wasn't Mm. to make money it wasn't to have a huge listener base it was really to just give a voice to people that didn't have a voice and Mm. Mm. or give like them a platform you know to talk about things and like I would like to say that like I've I think successfully done that and I have so much more to do So, and if I can just help, like, one person, like, that would be the purpose of this podcast. So, yeah, like, it takes a lot of, I I will say it's a lot easier said than done. So, like, I completely get where you're coming from. Like, it's very easy to say, like, oh, yeah, don't worry. Like, you know, it will, but no, it's a lot of work and it's a lot Mm. of, like, oh, when is the light coming? But it will come at some point.
1: Yeah, at some point. I guess, like, for me, it literally only came, like, one year after, Mm -hmm. yeah. And then after a whole lot of, like, Trying to do algorithm hacks, uh, you know, uh, learning all these, even like bought a few courses and ebooks.
0: Oh my and, god. Yeah. Share I with have, me. Oh my god, we should have like a content creation. Yeah, like,
1: 100%. 100%. Like, like, <laughs> I 100%.
0: can show you what I've learned and you can show me what you've learned. Plus, oh my god, so cool. Yeah,
1: yeah actually, like, I was actually planning to start, uh, not, not start, like a uh, host, uh, something for the FYPs, like uh, Instagram growth for... Uh, Dude,
0: you should.
1: Yeah, yeah. Do I think that, a lot like, of them
0: would really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And people don't like people who haven't done this whole content game. Right, don't know what to expect, right? Yeah. Or kind of like the best practices lah. So it's better to have like someone who has done it before, lah, like that. Mm-hmm. Like to spare them the trouble lah, To spare them that yeah. that one year of like nagging, experimenting, trial and erroring, you know, which is. Yeah, Dude, I
0: think that would be so great if you actually do it like again only if you have the time <laughs> but mm. like that would be so good you know uh, we were talking about like first my FYP we are doing mental health on caregivers we were mm. like what if we do mental health for FYP students honestly <laughs> like like honestly like I see us at the benches like every day we're like, <laughs> and it's not it's just the beginning yeah, we're all like dying of course like so,
1: yeah I see that the campaign kids right they're all like and I see that every single time they have this like sudden look on I did, <laughs> I did that all the all that oh, yeah, like typing curiosity.
0: I know, right? Yeah. Wait, which FYP are you doing?
1: I'm doing narrative, yeah. Oh, so, nice. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you said it
0: earlier. I thought you were yeah, doing docu. Yeah. Oh, wait. Documentary, uh, right? Narrative, docu. No, no, no. no.
1: Uh, short film. Uh, short film. Yeah.
0: Nice. So,
1: yeah. It's rough now. Yeah. But, come send to, it's uh, just editing. Uh, and I can just, like, do whatever I want, so.
0: Perfect. That's so great. Nice. So, oh, okay. One other thing I wanted to ask you was about your CBT certified. Like ah. how come any reason why you like didn't decide to do psychology? Yeah, that I think is you'd be a, great at it. Thank
1: you so much. <laughs> that is a good I, I think so too, but uh, that's a good question. Uh so I, I wish I could give you like a, you know very insightful or profound answer, but the answer is uh, I got into mental health and psychology only after I came to Kim mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's basically the main answer, but uh, the reason why kind of, uh, it's that, uh, I mean, if you ask me why I, I am in mean, Wikim, we are doing like marketing and comps and stuff, it's because of the fact that it's a mix of both uh, kind of the businessy marketing aspects, which helped me to Uh, you know, understand, like, the target audience and basically help me improve my campaign and my Mm cause. And also the more artistic elements, like, uh, like I said, like film and broadcast and understanding, like, uh, what people want and how to communicate better, that sort of thing. So, yeah. Like, uh, and honestly, like, I don't think I would have done, like, mental health CEO as well if I had gone to psychology instead. That's just a matter of hindsight.
0: I think that is so true. And also, it's kind of like, it's great when you go to someone for professional help, but it's also nice to talk to someone that doesn't have that professional background. Yes, like you feel like you're just talking course. to like your own, you know, especially when someone's a the therapist, it, it gets a little bit scary, intimidating. So yeah. it's nice. I think what people or what draws people to your page and your content is that it's coming from one of our own.
1: Mm-hmm, so,
0: because there are so many pages out there that are run by therapists, which are great. Like they are mm-hmm. really, really great. I have like a lot that I follow as well. So, but I think what I really like about yours is I feel like it's someone who goes through the exact same thing mm-hmm. and who understands and like, oh, like hey, this is what I do. And I love like, you know, when you do your Insta stories, like, what do you do to cope with your... Oh, yeah. I love it when you do that. Yeah, you should like share all the responses and stuff. <laughs> I'm sure you do anyway. But yeah, like, I think I think what you're doing is great. And I really hope that, you know, your page continues to grow and like you'll be doing public speaking at some point. Like, at, you know, Thank taking you. this mental yeah. health CEO above and beyond I guess to wrap up the episode, I always ask my guests this, what is one thing you would leave the listeners with? It can be anything, a story, a piece of advice, a joke, exact, anything Hmm. you
1: want. Cool. So, well, there's a lot floating around in my mind right now. But (laughs) okay, so... uh, Okay, Uh, so I'll say a quote first. Yeah, I'll say a quote first. And this quote is... uh, you can't pour from an empty glass, yeah? And, they, and I think that's a uh, racist rule for you. Can I give a FIP as well? Yeah. And yeah, like, as, as soon as, as much as you want to help everybody in the world, just helping that one person or, or a couple of people and giving them the help that they deserve your full attention and your full amount of help is something that's really uh, rewarding. Uh, rewarding uh, and it's something that even for me, I can expect to do for the rest of my life, Yeah. And, and kind of what I have to say, like, in general, it's uh, related to that, lah. that. A lot of people, especially our age, lah, they don't know what they want to do in life. Yeah. And it's a really, really uh, common thing. Lah. And that's perfectly okay. It's perfectly okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, when it comes to that, you do have to experiment. You do have to find uh, what truly you enjoy and what truly you don't enjoy. Uh, and to be ambitious. Yeah. And what I mean by that is that uh, it's so much better to think and believe that you can achieve great things and you know maybe fall a little bit short. Just like in the end, you're still achieving wonderful, wonderful things that people can only imagine of like this. Like even for me, I never expected that that my page would, would grow to to this to this extent. And uh, now it's a I I would consider it one of the the purposes of my life that that if I were to Would die right now, that I wouldn't even be you know that sad because I know that this is my legacy. This is something that I've done for other people, and having that uh, in your mind or having that in your under your belt is something that's really really powerful. And we should not stop pursuing that.
0: Yeah, not really related to mental health,
1: but yeah. No, but still,
0: I think that's great. Like just the fact that you know, like you know what, I've accomplished something. And I know I've created yeah. Something good for this world So If anything mm. I know you've definitely Positively impacted me Whether it's in school Or whether through your page Aww, And I can say you. Many many people You know Can say the same So hopefully We can actually have An actual graduation Of course and Celebrate with our batch Because we oh, oh, so deserve yeah. it, so <laughs> But yes Thank you so much Ron Where can people find you?
1: Thank you so much For inviting me It's been a great conversation Alright uh, You can find me on Instagram At mentalhealthceo Nice, please,
0: please follow, and you'll get amazing tips. And of course, I'll tag in everything. Thank you so much once again for coming on, and I'll see you in school. Very soon, yeah.
1: (laughs) Of course, yeah.
0: Bye.
1: Bye.